3: All right, we are back. It is time for another edition of the Unofficial 40. Welcome back. And uh, we have a important show for you coming up today because uh, the uh, Champ Barbecue is coming up this weekend uh, at the University of Oklahoma. And uh, Bob has decreed that, Bob, that uh, Josh is able to come back on the podcast this week.
1: He apologized, and we've moved on.
3: <laughs> I don't even know what he apologized. I can't even remember <laughs> what he apologized I had to
1: for. unban him. So, you know, he had to apologize it was for first. the rape <laughs> jokes last week, wasn't it or
3: the week before <laughs> the joke about your daughter was uncalled for, you know, your newborn. Mm, I, we almost got
0: we almost got kicked off iTunes.
3: Just because you buy someone a care package doesn't mean you can say that kind of stuff about their kid. And Josh has learned. <laughs> Welcome in, Josh. We, we actually need you this week because you're carrying this bitch.
2: So we bring me in with rape and incest stuff, or not incest. Where did wow. that come from? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. You yeah. said, hey,
3: you said we must that. have cut him off before he got that joke in last week.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that that plug Carrie dumped. Um, but uh, yeah, so welcome back to me. Uh, I don't even know what I've walked into, so I feel like I've got to kind of get my legs back under me again. I've noticed, uh, young Mister, it's
3: more than Oscar Pistorius could say. Young Mister, <laughs> you got to get an Oscar Pistorius joke in. Uh, I've noticed young Mister Radosovich has been uh, trolling people on Twitter lately about it's just uh, too easy Tom Brady and his daughter. It's too easy, son. It's too easy. It's his daughter. Uh, I didn't
0: even know. I didn't even watch the video. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the replies have told you to watch
0: the video. I just, I've gotten to a point where it's almost amusing to
3: me that we can't. people are this stupid. We can't be doing this stuff on Twitter. I mean, go back to Facebook. I just With don't understand crab. it.
0: I don't understand it, but that also means that we can't I'm getting... argue
3: parenting on Twitter. That's not what Twitter's for. No,
0: it's not. But we can get to the point where it's uh, it's slowly churning back into uh, high Twitter activity, which means uh, football is near.
3: It is near, uh, and it is uh, kind of one of those waited-out periods. But you know, OU kind of gets to use this week. To uh, really get some recruiting stuff done, and and this has become a what this is the fourth year, right? of uh, it sure is. the barbecue or family day or whatever they're calling it. Uh, so uh, they'll be welcoming a ton of kids. Uh, uh, and Josh, let me just ask you first: what is the what, what is the main goal of this staff on a weekend like this?
2: Well, I mean, obviously, it's to land commitments. I mean, that's what you're trying to do. That's what your goal is. But at the same time. You know, we've talked about it. When OU doesn't get a lot of commitments, people kind of get so upset, like, oh, this weekend didn't go well. And I think it all goes back to a couple years ago, that first spring game, when commitments were just rolling in. Well, everybody just decided, well, that's the norm. That's the way this goes. That's not what usually happens. It's more about building that relationship because Oklahoma's only bringing in a couple of 2020 guys that aren't already committed. This is more about 2021 and 2022 and starting down that road with those guys. So you're out in front and you get to continue to try and bring those guys to games and to the spring game next year. I mean, you're just starting to build that connection with these guys that really everybody assumes when an offer goes out that, you know, Calvin Thibodeau knows the defensive line player that he's offered really well. He doesn't know that kid at all, he just knows he likes his tape or he he liked what he saw in person, whatever. This is the first chance for these guys to really sit down and talk with their position coach, with Lincoln Riley, the coordinators. They get a real feel for those guys, and then you start to see things moving forward.
0: Bob, from year one to, I guess this is now year four, it, it just seems like it's much different going in as far as, I don't really remember in that year one, like, a national footprint being much of anything for Oklahoma. It was like they were still building, but obviously going into this weekend doesn't it seem like there's a little bit more of a I don't know, like you can take it seriously in a way.
1: Yeah, I mean that first year they just sort of throwing stuff on the wall and seeing what what stuck. And I mean they had the 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 whiffle baseball, they had cornhole, they had the water balloon fight and some of it stayed, some and and some of it they've changed, but from that first year, I mean, the big one was Kenneth Murray. That was when he was down, the OU, the Aggies, and the Horns. And it was at that event. And he's talked about it multiple times. He talked about it again last week. It was the U event that made him realize Norman was where he wanted to be. Then you go to the next year, and that's when people started to, again, associate the event with multiple commitments right then and there. Because that was Jace McCle- McClellan, Jeffrey Carter. Jalen Redmond. That was all three within a span of two hours. And then last year, there was no commits until there was like eyes really late at the night. But that was Stacey Wilkins, who we all sort of felt pretty confident heading into the event anyway, that OU was going to be able to, to land them. So here you're in the fourth year. You see that there's maybe one or two that you would expect maybe to commit, maybe one or two more eyes. But again, if you're looking for four or five, in the weekend, it's just probably not going to happen. It's all about, again, building those relationships, planting those seeds. You want 2021 kids to come back during the season, things of that nature. There might be a, sur- a surprise or two because they got a lot of commits, Josh. I was a little, sur- a little surprised some of those non-regional kids that are going to be able to make it. And when you get that whole group together sometimes that just builds off of each other, that momentum, that good, that, that good vibe. That'll make a kid that maybe was on the fence decide to make that leap.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, you look at this and I mean, we, I'm going on the list and there's guys coming in from Arkansas, Georgia, California, Texas. Um, We've even got a couple of uh, Mississippi junior college guys coming in. So, Oklahoma has really done a nice job building this thing and making it the event that I think we've talked about uh through the years maybe trying to make their camps into this has almost become like the replacement for that where yeah the camp's not always on par with some of the other big programs around the country but this gives Oklahoma a chance to bring in a lot of elite guys and speaking of camp I mean one of the Big names, and I know, you know, Kerry and uh, Eddie could speak to this a little bit more. Relique Brown coming back for the second time this summer after he was so dominant, worked with Brock Vandegrift at camp. That, that's big for Oklahoma to get a guy like that that is a dynamic, you know, playmaker that they can use in a lot of different ways.
0: It's just, I mean, Kerry, for, if anything you can take out of it, he's paying his own way for the second time to get to Norman uh In the what? The last two months. Two months, yeah. The 2022 kid. Yeah, so it it would seem that it's nothing but a positive to get a guy like that on campus. And the way that he performed when we saw him, I mean, my God. Just watch the video. It kind of tells you
3: everything you need to know. Dennis Simmons is going to have to keep himself from putting him through drills while he's on campus. I mean,
1: do you think he's a running back or receiver? Or does it really matter? (sighs) Probably a running back, just because he's
0: he's the, so the size situation Yeah, too. and
3: he's not a big guy. I, I mean, that's the thing. He's twenty twenty two. Who knows what frame you know he's going to yeah, have can, by the time he's a he senior? Grow half a foot by then. Well, and, and the other thing I think about Raleigh really Brown that you know bodes well for Oklahoma is he seemed to get along so well with the players that were already here. Whether it was Theo Weiss that was out there, or Buki that was out there. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other. Uh, guys that were out there uh, broils was out there Chance quite a Silvey. bit sylvie was out
0: there quite a bit uh and then i mean obviously literally working with the guy that ends up committing a week later yeah number one player in the country
3: well and and let me ask you this josh um is there any concern about kids that you know wor- that are committed that aren't coming in this weekend is that any negative in that May- maybe a guy like jace mcclellan
2: Yeah, you know, you have to see. I mean, Jace is, for those that don't remember, Jace committed at this event two years ago and was back again last year and everything seemed fine. And really, I don't necessarily take it as a huge deal. I understand why people do. Um, Jace is a guy that's been to Oklahoma a ton. He's been around the program. He knows there's nothing he's going to see this weekend. It would be better for OU if he was there, of course. I mean, you know, he could be around the guys, do a little recruiting uh, he's a known guy, especially with a lot of the players that will be there from Texas. They he could be Jason. reminded, kind of like this
3: is. Remember, this is when you recruited. You came here. This is. I mean, like you almost want to reproduce that feeling for him a little bit.
2: I would absolutely, think. and you. Yeah, and you wonder just for his, the sake of his own recruiting, does that let Oklahoma kind of get him firmly back in the boat? Where clearly now he's committed, but there's still a lot of looking around going on. I mean, they you know I. I believe he's going to be at Georgia this weekend. Um, that's what he has told some people. I have not gotten him or his mother to confirm that, but that's what it sounds like to me. So, I mean, it's not good news for Oklahoma, but at the same time, uh, you know, I don't know how wound up you get about running back recruiting right now. I mean, Seth McG if you lose Jace, yeah, that stings. It's a bad deal. It, I think it's more about perception than it is, this is a really tough loss to sustain,
1: and, and don't freak out that Ryan Watts is not attending. He is not in the country. So you don't have to worry about it. Where is What he? happened? Where'd he go? He's to Trinidad and Tobago. Hmm. He's, he's gone for the week. First four-star recruit
3: to be uh, taken away <laughs> by ice. <laughs> I guess, I mean, Little Elm is Probably not border Frisco, down there. but I mean, you're not poor if you live in Little Elm. I guess you could take trips like that. Oh, I was thinking he was from Houston. Never mind.
2: So you got go well, to go through. I want to say. Where is it? I'm trying to remember where his family's originally from. It's something like that. Oh, is it? Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's I met. I met family. Yeah, yeah. I, w- I want to say it's Caribbean. Yeah. um, I met Please his parents. while don't do any racist. Oh, no, boy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no racist stuff with commits. No, that's not good.
3: I mean, it wouldn't be racist to try and do like a Jamaican accent, but I mean, it, maybe it would be if it was bad enough. My lawyers have told I, there me there is a to level. Comment. I mean, I was just wondering. I mean, because like you said, you met his parents. Like, could you tell they were from a different country?
2: Oh sure, oh okay. sure. I yeah, there the, the, there was there was no doubt and. To, uh, you know, work in a little soccer talk. His dad was wearing some martial gear <laughs> oh, the day I saw him. He's a, he's a huge gunner. Oh, so no. his dad and I, not surprisingly, hit it off pretty fast. So, uh,
3: Okay, well, I mean, okay, so, yeah, you you worry a little bit about McClellan. Uh, but the other side of it is a lot of guys like Andrew Rame and Jalen Conyers, I mean, guys that have committed recently, uh, get a chance to come in and really kind of get celebrated a little bit. That's got to be a good thing.
2: Yeah, I talked to the offensive line guys last night. The three commitments: Noah Nelson, uh, Andrew Rame, and um, oh, Nate that Anderson. other one who I'm just going to Nate Anderson. Why? Why is his name such a mystery to me? I have I said understand Nate understand Alexander. Um, that's vicious. I deserve it, but it's still mean. Um, no, I talked to them last night because they got into a conversation I, about you know because um, Nate had tweeted something about going to be twenty ribs deep or something. And so it started a conversation. We were talking about who was going to eat the most this weekend. And Noah is pretty confident in his ability. Rame kind of had a, um, I don't know a better way to say it than like a sea biscuit approach. Um, for those who have seen the movie, there's the whole part where Tobey Maguire's like, just let him look at him. And Rame's like, just if it's a competition, man, just put me in front of it. I'm gonna win. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, so like he's just gonna like stare down his opponents while he eats ribs or something. I don't know how that works, but Raym was very confident in his ability once he sat down at the table. I think eating a high
0: number of ribs would be really hard. I could probably eat a lot of brisket at one time. Ribs
2: is not
3: a high capacity food. For yeah, me. but I like to savor. There my there are ribs. people Enjoy out the there ribs. that
0: probably don't eat all the rib. You know what I mean? Like all Ooh, the meat off the rib. Yeah, careful, or
3: otherwise you're gonna just chomp down on a bone.
0: Well yeah, but I just I don't know. I think I'd rather eat a lot of brisket in one setting than ribs. Is
3: it St. Louis style ribs that removes that from the equation? Like it's all just one bone and meat? I have no idea. I know the uh I don't know what that in cap is called but you know I have no idea. Navigating the meat around the in cap is always
0: there's probably some interesting dig barbecue people out there that are really pissed off about this but you <laughs> know what
3: definitely are it's like oh they're so triggered right now <laughs> you know i just eat it
0: man like i mean i don't I love know ribs. my it's i don't a- know my lingo I, I just eat it i want to go out to the butcher stand out in uh, wellston yeah i haven't been out there
3: i don't it's get supposed I, to be really I good. much i know you love rays and i like rays every time i eat there it's just are you getting ready to slander rays no oh. no no it's just a pain in the ass to go to that side of there's town. one up and more now
0: is there yeah and Ray's... He's, I love, I love he's, Ray's. It's he's really up good. They're working, supposedly. I think it's up on... Uh, just Vans is so of easy. Those. It's right by me. Mm. It's really good. It's so Shawnee, though. <laughs> that's Sorry, Creed. That's, well, a, that's, that's,
1: that's a father-son moment there. Yeah, it is. That's <laughs> exactly
0: what that is. <laughs> that's
1: exactly what that is.
0: <laughs> it's Oklahoma. I think, I think, I mean, I think you know. Vans is really good. But if I just have a preference of Ray's when it comes to barbecue and Norman. All right. Back to you, recruiting. I bet Josh Back is a rib. I bet Josh is a rib snob. Oh, I bet Josh doesn't even eat barbecues. I'll just have turkey. Oh my! That's a <laughs> that's a slam
3: if I ever heard one.
2: Um, I I mean he like I like ribs. I think we've had uh, this, oh my I, God. I think we've had this
3: conversation. Josh before. is anti rib
2: <laughs> No, I do. I like ribs. I literally had ribs on Sunday, um, but. I, I can do tell it like, you're, not, I'm you're not like smoking
3: a, ribs though. You're not a smoker type. No,
2: I smoke. No, i I smoke my own ribs. Hmm. Big, um, big green egg. But no, that's what my in laws have, my yeah. my mother in law makes un- unbelievably good ribs. I bet. Um, and I have done some that, but my I use a Traeger. I just smoke on that. But no, that's um, not a bad. I mean, no, that's not a bad. Uh, no, a secondary no, option. Yeah, no, it, it it's good. Like I said, it's it's come out good every time we've done it. Um I do. I like usually like a brisket, like a chopped brisket or a a turkey that kind of I I do like turkey. I like bar, that's that's no shame in my game on that. I don't know why you the chopped big thing the brisket. For me,
3: I mean, the brisket is a beautiful piece of meat. It needs to be sliced. <laughs> I'm serious. like I the brisket to me is sacred. I don't know how i have a a brisket, take on that. Chopping a brisket is
0: like I go either way there. It's, I think for, I mean, a, chop your for a sandwich, I would prefer the chopped brisket, but if I'm just eating brisket, definitely the uh, oh, slice.
3: I just love a good sliced brisket. Brisket's really good.
2: I think I like the with the chopped. I I think it's generally about the texture, and I feel like the barbecue, like I can get more sauce, and like I kind of get it like I want it. Uh, with the big slab, like I, it's it's hard. I, I don't I don't get the bite I want every time. I guess.
3: Okay, moving on. Enough barbecue talk. <laughs> Even though we're talking From about shit, that's, barbecue. Barbecue. that's
1: all we're talking about <laughs> barbecue. That's well, why that's why barbecue.
0: I mentioned it every once in yeah. a while. I'm just throw in uh, food, different types of barbecues.
3: But we were talking about Andrew Rame, and somehow Sea Biscuit got thrown in there. And uh, well, it was uh, mm-hmm. talking
0: about the, the the trio of offensive linemen that we're going to. How about throw this? Down. Well, how about this angle? Do you think that uh, they'll they'll have a addition? to their offensive line unit by the end of the weekend?
2: I I really do. You know, Jonah Monheim's a guy that we, we've talked a lot about. He's a guy that Bill Biedenboe has made a priority from very early on. They really liked him. Um, and is a guy that, you know, like I've always said, he, he has that flexibility. He could be a guard. He could be a tackle. He could do a lot of different stuff. And clearly that's something Biedenboe values in his offensive linemen. And, like I said, when he left for the official from his official visit, there was a lot of people that thought he might follow right there with Nate Anderson, you know, come away from that visit, almost immediately commit, and he, it obviously hasn't happened. I know Alabama's been working him really hard for the last couple months. Uh, I know, obviously, Stanford's heavily involved. Both those schools obviously also put out a lot of NFL offensive linemen, so they have plenty to sell as well. But the fact that he's coming back right now, it just – I don't know that. That kind of adds up to me that maybe something finally happens this weekend.
1: Yeah, you know, Josh, you almost wonder: is this the last chance for him? If he doesn't do it now, do they start looking at Parks and Harrison a lot more? Is this? Do you get the sense that this is do or die moment, or no?
2: I don't, I don't know that I would go that far. I mean, I don't know that it's going to be like Oklahoma is just going to say, well, no, but I think they're going to have to admit to themselves, okay, this may go on until after the season. I mean, we may be fighting this fight until December with where, okay, we could, and and at that point, we are going to bring in Parks for an official visit. We are going to bring in Anton Harrison for a visit. You know, we're going to go, we're going to see if we get Marcus Dumerville back up here. It's, you know, for an unofficial, you know, you start really trying to push on these other guys where I think right now, it's been pretty clear Oklahoma's kind of in first gear with those guys until they really have a feel with what's going to happen with Jonah Monheim. And I think this weekend, I I do think you're right about that. It'll be a clear indicator of where he is.
3: The head is not athletic, but he does look like a potential serial killer. So I'm going with the Ben Powers doesn't have to have athletic head as long as you look like you're capable of murder.
2: On he, he wins the Ben Powers Award for the class of 2020. It's
3: interesting. I
0: mean, That's that to me, take. that, uh, Yeah. So you do want them to look like serial killers?
3: Well, if they don't, if the if the like I the wouldn't have looked at athletic. Ted Bundy and thought athlete. <laughs> well, if only if they're an offensive lineman.
0: Oh, it only yeah. And that makes they probably, have to be massive. Actually, Ted Bundy was a pretty good-looking guy, I would say.
3: Well, he did bring the ladies in to murder them. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that that was his whole appeal. He was played by Zac Efron in the movie. Yeah, hot take, maybe kind of admirable.
2: Oh my god. Um
1: okay. Yeah, I mean like Terry, if you, you can't you're, laugh you're, at a serial you're, killer, you just to you're back the up
2: your <laughs> <laughs> to to back up your your thought here, Terry. Think about Richie Incognito. Like well, I mean that's He little... looks like a mafia hitman. He is a serial killer. No, no, I'm not going I'm not going with, you the, realize... with all the stuff that happened in Miami.
3: Do you realize that Richie Incognito backed out of Gabe Eichard's bachelor party, which I was at, uh, just as what's-his-name-from-Stanford went on another gun rage against him?
0: Uh, What's-his-name? We
3: never had been happier that somebody had backed out of that bachelor party. I would have
0: brought a little bit of excitement to the world. No.
3: (laughs) Because we were all we were all tweeting where we were at, so and he lives in L.A. The Jonathan something. Yeah, I can't remember that guy's name.
0: Obviously, he wasn't a very good football player.
3: <laughs> he was at Stanford, and then he went nuts. What was that guy's name? I Rich, I'm just saying forgot. Richie Incognito. It's a it's a rough example for me because he legitimately is has issues. I can't believe the Raiders. Jonathan Martin. Jonathan Martin. Jonathan Martin. Jonathan Martin. Yeah. What a pussy. <laughs> now, okay, of all the stuff you've said about LJ Moore, who was the other guy that's been added to the list? Last Parrish, week? Cobb. Parrish, Parrish Cobb. Paris Cobb. Yeah. Like, Jonathan Martin is legitimately someone that you should
0: not screw around He's with. He's not going to come kill Eddie Radosovich in Oklahoma City. He has better things to do. If Richie Incognito's good, I'm good. <laughs> He's like, not good, if, though. If Incognito gets knocked off, I Maybe might get worried. to worry about. But I'd also thank that's him for not,
3: listening to the podcast. That's not a good way to live your life. I'm just saying.
0: Nah, I like being in the
3: mud. Okay. Um, We kind of buried the lead a little bit, Josh. Last night, you confirmed that OU will have a five-star in this weekend.
2: Yeah. Uh, Kamar Wheaton, the running back out of Garland, Lakeview Centennial. Um. I, I had heard some talk earlier in the week that that was a good possibility, but he's a really tough kid to reach, and so I had to go through a couple different channels, including getting some help from our guy E.J. Holland at our uh, Notre Dame site who helped me out with that um, and was able to confirm he will be there. That's, uh, you know, for those that don't know, Kamar is a, I think, the number five guy in our current rankings right now in the entire country, number one overall running back, uh, and is just a just a massive talent. I mean, one of those guys that you kind of say, where does he rank with those top elite running backs in the last 20 years out of Texas? And I mean, I know a lot of people that would tell you, you know, him, him and Zach Evans, wherever you want to put them kind of behind Adrian is, is the list they would have. I mean, he is a special guy for Oklahoma to get him up there at this point. Um, that's not only is it a good sign, but I mean, it's a DFW guy where OU's done very, very well, and uh, kind of particularly in that North Dallas area. So this is, it's big for Oklahoma. It's kind of, um, could be one of those things that you look down the road and say, okay, that's where Oklahoma started with him. That's where they got their momentum. And unlike Zach Evans last year, it's, they're getting a head start. They're early on this deal. So they're going to be, you know, you would have to think if things go well and Jay Bolwer and Lincoln Riley make a good impression, then Oklahoma's going to be right there in the thick of things.
0: Wasn't Kamar Wheaton responsible for one of my favorite quotes of uh, the 2019 recruiting process so far when he said that he didn't know that Oklahoma and Oklahoma State were two different schools? Yes,
1: yes, that was attributed to him. That is so good.
2: That that should be on the billboard of the fans that are like, you know, all these kids, man, you know, they're they're making decisions. You know, OU wins more national championships. These kids don't know. They don't care. That's not what they're looking at. Like. I can guarantee he knows about Adrian Peterson, but he do, he couldn't tell you what colors Oklahoma State and Oklahoma wear. You know, like it's not it's not the same thing as like when people like us grow thought, up, we're talking about college football. He's not.
3: He probably thought Barry Sanders and Adrian Peterson went to the same school. Obviously,
0: definitely uh, Barry Mitchell wishes that was the case. Those two definitely use different uh, wealth managers. That's for sure.
3: He needs a little, little bit of hot water right now, is not he? You know what?
0: I don't feel. I do not feel bad for anybody. We in 2019, I don't feel bad for any of those guys that do
3: that. I. You kind of knew something was not well. I mean, well, he has so when many he different signed up kids. Sixteenth year of football. Well, he has like, so many, many different kids playing, with man. so many different women. So you know, money is flown out the door there. But you remember when they announced that there was like the Adrian Peterson, Sam Bradford gifts. When they were building Headington, oh yeah, I don't think Adrian Peterson ever made like, a, like an gift. actual donation. Yeah,
0: you think uh, you think if I go over there this afternoon, they're going to just be whittling away
3: at the name? Like, hey. I don't think they ever <laughs> can't pay for this shit anymore. <laughs> I don't think they ever got to the point where they put the name up. Oh, there
0: isn't. Is there not anything? I don't know. I, I, I kind of want to say we that haven't there been is. Been
2: there in a long time. I kind
0: of want to say that there is
2: in Headington. Are they going to change the name to like Quick Cash Express? But it was That'd be the if they did.
3: It was like the academic <laughs> center place, which Yeah, like the tutoring area. I mean, unless they're gonna have a Taco Bell inside of the academic center, that probably shouldn't be named after Adrian Peterson. He keep Taco Bell in business? Uh, it was always rumored that he would always show up to class late with a sack oh, full of, Taco, sack of Taco, Bell Taco Bell and sit at the back and do nothing. I can't blame him. Sounds like a pretty good college plan. That was one of the things that Bob that sounds- Bob wrote about in his book was uh you know him getting suspended for not going to class.
2: Uh, I I had a class my first my very first class my freshman year. Quentin Griffin was in it, and I remember thinking I saw him the first day of class. And <laughs> I don't remember seeing him ever again.
3: <laughs> not here to play school. I'm here to play football. Dale Jones.
0: I had a, a pretty good class with. Uh, there was a Ton of football players. It was African American studies. And uh what was his uh what was his uh Ahmed Kaba's dad was the oh, professor. Yeah, yeah. And uh Donald Stevenson would not I'm I'm glad that he had some years in the NFL to make some money. Because he, he did not I saw him participate in the lodging uh
3: complaints on Twitter the other day.
0: Good dude.
3: Good dude. Donnie. I always thought I, Don Wayne was a good dude. He is a good dude.
2: I've always said the best athlete, like, student that I was ever in a class with, Mark Clayton, by a mile. Mark Clayton was a sharp dude. Like, I had some math yeah. classes with him, and I was like, holy crap, that dude, he had it together. Now, we, one of our classes together, Dan Cody was also in there. Yeah, Mark Clayton was imagine. a better student.
3: Yeah, I can imagine. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dan would try and hide from that fact.
2: That no, and, and kind of like what you guys say about Don, like super good dude, like real easy to talk to, is a good guy, but but Mark was Mark was engaged and Dan was just waiting to get out of class.
1: Yeah. Eddie's holding back so, on some stories no, I, I just, can uh, tell.
2: No, I just
0: I I have nothing else to add. I, I recently saw a picture of Dan Cody and I will not say anything that would disparage him because He's he could actually <laughs> Probably break me in
2: half. He still looks like a monster. Yeah, yeah. that picture yeah, I mean, that JD he's...
0: tweeted with him—it's like holy mm-hmm. shit. He will always a remain monster.
3: the most under, a unit. underrated freak in Bob Stoops' history at OU. That has been a uh, often
0: talked about subject here over the last like two weeks. The most underrated OU football player of all time. Really? Yeah. I've just, seen it on Twitter and everything. I just
1: remember him against the Aggies. 2004 just stumbling out of there and
3: putting himself back in and well remember he was screaming so much he passed out on the sideline
0: that's when you know you're a hard that was amazing
3: so i mean he was just insane so um anyway uh yeah i i I don't really have any other
1: good I'll go to something. We got a lot of kids there. In-state offers, five for 2021, 2022. There's been a lot of talk. Sooners not doing as much within the state. Now you got Kendall Daniels, Ethan Downs, A.J. Green, and Gentry Williams. I think, Josh, I think that was a surprising one. He's been someone that they haven't been able to get on campus in this type of environment yet. So this could, again, be one of those planting the seeds for something further down the road and we all believe that Williams is going to be perhaps like the number one in-state guy when you look at 2022.
2: Yeah I mean he he's got to be your heavy favorite right now although I think everybody knows I love the Talon Chetron kid from Santa Fe. Gentry And we'll get back into that in just a second. Just looking at the 2022 list we have, Gentry Williams is one of the most talented track athletes in the country. Not just the state, just is an unbelievable talent. Relique Brown, so much speed. Caleb Burton, Morion Horn is a big-time guy. Uh, There is a lot of speed they're bringing to campus in Norman. It almost kind of reminds me of those Baylor classes of like the early 2010s when it was like, Uh yeah, they're pretty good at football, (laughs) but no. Wow, you went They're the wrong right direction there. <laughs> But they are so fast; like they just Baylor would. his Speed was above everything else, literally morals, all that stuff. These guys don't seem that way, from what I know. Gentry Williams is a great kid, but he is disgustingly fast. And um, like Katie Cannon, so, will they teach know,
3: him to teach these kids to run routes?
2: Uh, you would hope that you know that Dennis Simmons can continue his receiver uh, growth. Hey, look, um, Josh, on but no, on Gentry, oh,
0: Just on Gentry Williams, real quick. Is have and I don't even know if this has ever come up in your discussions with him. But uh, is he like good enough of a track athlete that like maybe football not even in his future at some point?
2: It it could be if he wanted to be. Like really? I mean, I've talked to track coaches that know him that think he could be an Olympian. Okay, like, I mean, they that's kind of what I was. At. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Yeah, but I've asked him about that, and that's not what he wants to do. He he wants to be a football guy. He really like I think he wants to see how far a track can go in kind of his high school career. I think he'd like to do you know the junior national stuff. You know some of the some of the big you know Pan Am type things. But I don't know that he is pushing hard for. Okay, I'm good. When I talked to him, I didn't get the impression that the track program was going to be a huge part of his recruiting decision. Like, he, he's looking at football. And I can say in that same conversation, he admitted he grew up an Oklahoma fan. His mother is an alum. Like, I mean, there's a lot of connection to OU. And I think it was telling because I spoke to him about a week ago when I first started really checking around on who was going to be there for this event. And he said, I haven't heard anything. I don't know. And I talked to a few sources, and I, I think there was an impression that his – you know, there was some, some error in communi- communication, but they got in touch with the Booker T coaching staff, let him know that he had an invitation. Uh, I think he called Brian Odom and had a conversation. You know, Odom is Oklahoma's in state lead guy. And I believe they got in touch, had a conversation. And almost as soon as he had the invitation, he's like, Yeah, I'm going. So I think that's a pretty good sign of where things are. It's not like, Oh, I got to talk it over with my mom or see if I can find a ride. He knew when he had an invitation he was going. Yeah, you know,
1: it's funny you bring that up, Josh. Is that just sort of like a good first sign of where Brian Odom gets it too? It's like you're not leaving that in state kid out to dry
2: and not in
1: unclear of where they might stand.
2: Absolutely. And I, I that's something I ran into in several cases. Um And it kind of goes back to what I said earlier where I think fans just assume that, okay, this guy has an offer Well, he's talking to his position coach at OU every week. Unless the kid calls OU, that can't happen. That that, that doesn't work that way. Or, you know, if they call, in this case, Booker T, and say, okay, we're going to be sitting by our phone at 1030 if you can have Gentry give us a call. Like, you can do stuff like that, but OU can't just call up him or his mother or whatever and – start the recruiting pitch it doesn't work like that so it's really all up to the kid and I I can tell you there were several 2022 guys that they don't really know who to talk to at OU yet they don't really understand how it all works and they were like well I'd like to go when I would you know when I would reach out and ask them hey you know are you going to be at this but I don't really know much about it so if you know and that that could be for a lot of reasons especially when you get into Texas where you could be talking to a head coach that's a UT fan or an A&M fan or a tech fan or whatever, and you say, okay, coach, we want you to know that X player has an invite to our barbecue on the 27th. Here's all the information. We'll send it over to you. Well, if that coach chooses not to tell that kid, there's nothing that you can do about it. I mean, they, they can't change anything. They can't message him. They can't contact him. There's no way around that. So, that's why this stuff can get tricky sometimes and why I think sometimes fans look at it and say, well, why are all these guys, you know, from Texas headed to UT or A&M or whatever? They, they have some advantages. I mean, that, that's just part of recruiting out of state that's difficult.
3: Let me ask you about um, defensive tackle, uh, Juco kids, West Virginia commitment, uh, Quay Mays coming in this weekend. What, what, going on with that and kind of what does that say about defensive tackle right now?
2: I I think it tells you that they are trying, I mean, part of it is, and and we all know this, they're going to be different up front than they have been. They're looking at different types. I mean, I know, because when we were all talking about, you know, as a good example, Princeton Uman Malane last year, we were talking about him as a defensive end. From everything I'm hearing right now, he is seen as a three technique defensive tackle in this current alignment. And that that tells you, I mean, Oklahoma, it's all about speed. They want to move every, you know, they're they're spinning everybody. Defensive ends go spin into a defensive tackle. A, you know, outside linebacker is going to become a defensive end, you know, just going on that list. Now you've got to be careful so that you don't get 230 pound defensive ends trying to deal with Alabama down the line. I mean that that doesn't work. So they've got to be realistic about what a guy's body can do. But that's what you're seeing here. I mean, you're seeing guys with with a guy like Quay Mays, clearly going to be a defensive, uh, excuse me, a nose tackle type of guy. And then it's kind of lined up next to on Winfrey, who's more of a long kind of lean guy that's going to try to do more upfield. Quay Mays is is a guy that Oklahoma has kind of taken a liking to. Really, it was kind of interesting because he committed to West Virginia, went all up, you know, I'm done, this is it. And then oh, OU got involved. And, you know, I talked to him last night. He's definitely coming. He's very excited. And he's coming with a teammate that OU's got some interest in as well.
3: And, and that's the defensive
2: end, right? Yeah, uh, Justin Jackson is is his name. Um, I spoke to him as well. And he's a Colorado commitment. Now, what's interesting about that is I'm, I think people might say, well, that's, you know, what does that mean? Well, for those that don't remember, Colorado's new head coach is Mel Tucker, who has been Georgia's defensive coordinator. Mel Tucker knows what guys should look like. I mean, he knows the right kind of dudes. He knows what he's looking for. And for him to sign off on this guy, that's a pretty good sign. I'm very interested to see what happens with both those guys. I, I think offers are completely possible. And if they happen, I mean, can any of us really name the last time OU lost out on a guy they pushed for to Colorado or West Virginia? It doesn't happen very often.
3: I think the thing that that is interesting uh, about, you know, that and we haven't talked a lot about the defensive tackle position, but, I mean, this year, uh, you know the names. You know the guys that are going to be there. Uh, Neville and Dylan Fahmatu, uh, Dylan Overton, or, or Marquise Overton. Dylan Overton, wow, that was a name. Baseball. Baseball name. Uh, Marquise Overton. <laughs> Sonny Galloway's favorite player. But those guys are all seniors. I mean, exactly. so this is... And with
1: Jordan Kelly being hurt. Jordan Kelly being hurt. That hurt. hurt that's, yeah, that, that's that a, really puts...
3: Remember, he tore, he blew out his knee along with uh, Caleb Kelly back in the spring. So,
1: because it was, we weren't sure if people had their Kellys mixed up, and then we realized it was both of them.
3: Yeah, that's a bad because he, I think he was a guy that was really making progress. But, I mean, what is it? I mean, they've been planning for this. I mean, really, what it goes? I mean, what's unfortunate is, you know, I think Ruffin came in here and just tried to get some bodies, and none of those have really worked out. I mean. Uh, Ty Tyrese Tyrese Lott was about the only one that looked like he was going to work out, uh, and now he's gone. And so. then, you, then you switch Michael Thompson because he doesn't fit yeah. the tackle mode of
1: what you're going to be doing moving forward. So yeah, I mean it's just like that. You have n- basically no experience at the tackle spot after this season.
3: I mean they love LeRon Stokes in the spring. I'm I'm I mean Mark, Marcus Hicks to me is probably the most curious guy. Uh, Just because of his size, I mean, he's just ridiculous size-wise. You know, is he more? His body type now seems to be kind of what they're looking for at some of their interior guys.
2: Just size-wise. Oh, I don't think there's any. I don't think there's any doubt that if, if I mean, because when you guys saw him last season, he what would you say? Two fifty maybe. I mean, he wasn't small. I mean, he was good. No, no out pretty I know, good. but now he's like 275. Yeah, he's a he lot is bigger. Blown up. Yeah. And so, it, I mean, if, if that's just happening, like if his body's just doing that and then he gets on a weight program in college and is eating at a training table and all that stuff, he's going to be 290 before he knows what happened. And I I don't think there's a lot of defensive ends that can play the way Alex Grinch wants them to play at 290 pounds. It's, it's not. Yeah. Impossible
3: You are on that I, I get the
2: impression list. that's a three technique. Yes, exactly. You are Xavier Thomas. You are I mean, you are one of these you know who that, dudes that the, you're just waiting out your time.
3: You know his body type reminds me of uh, the Flowers kid that was at Arkansas that's playing for uh, Patriots now. Trey
2: Flowers, yeah.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of a comp. I see just body type the, you know and I remember watching Flowers at Arkansas and going like, holy shit, how did they get that guy like he was awesome in college but i think the the hard thing for hicks is like just us watching him he was going against shrimps i mean yeah. he was playing on the edge <laughs> i mean like he's not used to playing inside against 300 pound guys he's, like
1: putting his hands downward yeah. because he was so much bigger than i other mean it's buttons. just gonna
3: be such an adjustment for him if he is playing on the interior
1: it's funny because we sort of thought the same thing with Ron with Ron Tatum that that would be someone who could grow into an interior guy. And once again, that's another name that is no longer part of this equation moving forward. So it makes sense. You look Perry on Winfrey now. You bring in a couple kids, junior, uh, junior college. I mean, it's not that Calvin Thibodeau can't get this done, but it's going to be a work in progress to try to figure out what that position can look like in 2020.
3: I mean, with Leron Stokes coming on. Uh, Ronnie Perkins, Josh's uh, boy. Uh, I I mean, I think they're going to be okay eventually at the edge. I mean, they need to get uh, Jalen Redmond back, obviously. But that position actually has some highly recruited guys waiting in the wings a little
2: bit. You would think they could create some pressure off the edge. I mean, if there was a position where you say, I think there is clearly talent there and there's clearly you have some evidence that, okay, these guys can play. I mean, Jalen Redmond. It's such a small sample size, but the guy was making plays when he got the chances, and he didn't have a clue what he was doing. So, like you know, like you've got to think a year to get bigger, stronger, get healthier, and then, you know, learning what he's actually doing because this is a guy that didn't even play a lot of football in high school. So Jalen had a lot to learn. The learning curve was always going to be really steep. And I, with Ronnie, I mean – Like I said before, I think he is probably, with the exception of Kenneth Murray, the most physically talented guy on the defense, and at times flashed like a big-time player last year. So the depth isn't there. I mean, I think that's as much as anything as OU's problem is there's just not a lot of competition after, you know, Neville Gallimore. Okay, who's behind him? Okay, I mean, some guys, but nobody that you say, okay, that guy's got an NFL future um same with Ronnie I mean the the drop off after those guys is substantial and even Jalen Redmond I mean who who's Mark Jackson I mean Mark Jackson's a solid player Ugh. but he's not. He's not the guy that's going to go get you ten sacks. I mean, you if just he's reminded start me.
3: All you just reminded me. So you know, ESPN is replaying these top twenty-five games, which are
1: some weird choices. They are. Th- I mean, <laughs> there's like way inclusion. too much
3: Texas A&M. Like, I don't want to watch Texas A&M and Kentucky play. Like that had no effect on <laughs> like, the college football landscape Duke, Duke last year. Duke versus Clemson yeah, was a pretty good game.
1: Clemson. Duke versus Cle- Clemson on,
3: was the he- head scratcher. There was a
0: lot of money wagered on that game. Okay, back well, and forth. if
3: you're going from that, <laughs> but like. Okay, so they have OU, OSU. They have OU, West Virginia. OU, Tech. OU, Tech. OU, Texas. The first Big 12 one? championship. Oh, second but, one? Yeah. yeah. But, like, and you said Mark Jackson. He looks so horrible. Like, <sighs> that defense was... I, I, I can't believe, like... I guess we got desensitized to it or whatever, but just seeing it again, that defense is so God-awful. I mean, it's just like... It is way worse than I thought. I mean, I I don't know if I was traumatized most of last season or what was going on, but when you watch it back, you're just like, "Holy shit!" I don't remember it being this bad, but it was. Well, they couldn't awful. stop anybody. They couldn't stop. I mean, I knew that, but like watching it back and just I the, think the the best part about the
0: oh rewatch is realizing how many times they did get into like third and thirteen, and and, and still twenty seven give up twenty seven or it's I mean, that OSU and, game. Or it's third and
3: 5 and all of a sudden it's like, "Oh god, there's a 30-yarder." That OSU game and this is what I remember about that game is that was the game that Trey Norwood came back to earth with everybody else. Like he became the worst player in the secondary in that game cuz Tylen Wallace just shredded him. Yep. Uh but like it's just the, the tech game is terrible. I mean even when Duffy comes in it's just like god it's just that's so, the thing that's yeah, why like Alex like will will can Alex Grinch even watch that shit again that's like, why there's
1: so many games in the list because they were in, involved in so many 50 40 oh games. my
3: god in that West Virginia game like right from the start like David Sills is just running past everybody just, that that's when Buki got benched but everybody was running past everybody every one of those games I mean they were just getting torched it was just God, it was so bad, I forgot how bad that defense was. like, this was after they fired Mike Stoops. All these games were
1: after they fired Mike Stoops. We go back to mentality and mindset was the first thing Grinch had to do. You can forget about scheme. You got to get these players feeling good about themselves again.
3: Well, the reason I thought about it is because I thought we'd kind of talk about, you know, and I don't know if it's really going to be guys from the spring because, I am mean, is there anybody in the spring that you can think of, like, other than, like, Leron Stokes got a lot of play, um, but is there anybody on defense that, you know, really... Deshaun you, White. Deshaun White, yeah. Are you talking line or all three? Yeah, all three levels. That. Anybody yeah. that can make a difference. Honestly, it's all the guys that haven't played.
0: Like, all the guys that have not proven their worth yet. Like, DeLarian Turner, yeah. DeLarian Turner, Uh Deshaun White. Hell, throw Brian Asamoah in there. Levi Draper. Like,
2: any guy we gonna that hasn't played. Are going to have
0: a problem played. with Asamoah? Asamoah? What did I say? Asamoah? Asamoah? You should just go for, like, Asamoah. Uh, I'm not going to respect him until he plays. The,
1: anybody that hasn't <laughs> played, He got though. the name right. What's wrong with how Eddie said it?
0: He said ass instead of Oh, us. did he? Well, if we're going to be particular about oh, that. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just, it. I, I want to know who can help. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's it's a very fair thing to be able to say. But once again, we're not going to know for 40 days or well, 39 days, like, whatever it is. Th-
3: here's what's going to be great about fall camp. I'm going to build every person up. I think I think the guys that really can make a difference didn't get in until the summer. I mean, other than the guys we mentioned, Leron Stokes. Uh um Deshaun White, but he Deshaun White was here. I'm talking about new guys. I mean you're talking
1: about like Agweebu and Cradell. Are you are you talking about like like the freshman yes. guys? Yeah,
3: the freshman that kept like can Woody Washington, you know, do something as a corner? Like, you know, guys like that. Because I don't I didn't come out thinking like, oh, Miguel Edwards might be the answer. You know, he might be coming into his own. Like, I got none of that out of the spring. But you know, guys we talked about like Marcus Hicks, I think it'd be hard hard. I mean, Joseph Wette. I mean, he's what? He's light. I, he's light. I, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. way lighter Two, than I thought he would be. 215, 220. They've yeah. got him at 211 on the official roster. But yeah, that, Like that, Jaden Davis. That. I mean, guys like that. That like, goes
1: back to our safety talk with Turner Yell and Patrick Fields being talked about so much, and you just don't know if it's because they're that good, they've become that much better, or if it's just because they understand their assignments and they can at least do what they're being
2: asked. The the thing that I like that that you know, and I, I've always been. So, I guess I've been negative about this defense for a while now. With, but the thing I can get behind uh, with the new ideas and what they want to do, those two make sense to me as a partnership because you have Patrick, who's going to be exactly where he needs to be. He's going to be very consistent. He's going to be a good tackler in space. You're talking about He's fields gonna do and all Turner the little stuff. yeah. Okay, yeah, and then Turner Yale is everywhere he is the dynamic function of those two he is the guy that can make plays in the backfield has the speed to, to cover in space not that not that Patrick's a bad athlete but they seem to complement each other well like in the way that they play Turner Yale's probably going to run right on that ragged edge. I, Turner-Yellow, a really good comparison is Brandon Everidge. When he's playing at his best, that's how he's playing. He is going to throw his body into it. He's going to be overly aggressive. He's going to make some mistakes because of those things. And then you've got Patrick Fields who's going to be steady and it's just going to do the things he is supposed to do, play within that defense, and he'll make some plays because he's in the right place. But like I said, I, I could see them complementing each other very well as a tandem.
3: For every former OU player, I would like to say, how dare you compare any of these players to Brandon Average? I, yeah, hey, I. Uh, anybody
2: that's been paying attention knows that I think the world of Turner Yell. Like I, I, I believe a, there is leading, talent there to it's be. It's not ben, about ben Turner well. Yell.
3: It's not about Turner Yell, though. It's just about, you know, Jesus Christ. I mean, I cannot stop thinking about those games now that I've watched them. And then every time they come on, I watch them because I can't. I can't turn it off. Like, what the hell is Robert Barnes doing half the time? I don't know. Like, in that Tech game, he had that pick for, you know, the return. Mm-hmm. But he was awful most of the rest of the time. Like, just off. God sort off.
1: That became the thing with the defense. They just had to make, like, one or two plays, and you would gloss over, like, everything. Like, against West Virginia, the Caleb Kelly oh. touchdown, the <laughs> Curtis Bolton touchdown. When you just have one or two plays, it allowed you to – I guess emotionally accept that the rest of the game was garbage.
3: I will say this: Kenneth Murray wasn't as awful as I thought he would be. Watching those games back, like he's had some rough moments, and he, the, the Texas game he was bad. You can't come back on Kenneth Murray Island. You're already off. <laughs> you
0: can't you can't work your way back in after Every, disparaging no him for No one is a year. on
3: Kenneth Murray
0: Island. I'm the I'm the captain of it.
1: You're the only person there.
0: There's been a lot of room lately. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Like a lot, of so he should have been, been a butt Rent, kiss. Uh, rent's going for free,
3: so he should have been on the butt kiss watch list.
0: Uh, every person that suits up a uniform, if they started the a game, is on some type of watch list. Especially if you're the big preseason twelve preseason defensive yeah. player of the year.
1: When Taylor McNamara made the Mackey list, that's when I had to stop caring. <laughs> that's when that that was it.
3: I, I like Kennedy Brooks, but he shouldn't have been all Big 12 over Trey Sermon after watching how well Trey Sermon played in those big don't think ESPN people like, games last year. Like, he destroyed Texas Tech. You know how that stuff works, though? It's like, even the preseason polls... They just look I'm at how many... Who has the most rushing Nobody yards. Nobody ever pays attention to that. They just stuff. look at the stats. They go find the end-of-the-year Big 12 stats. Yeah, And they see who... Like, I bet... A lot of people voted for Isaiah Zuber, who transferred to Michigan or to Mississippi State,
2: probably because he was a junior at K State last year.
0: Probably. So
3: yeah, I mean, That's they just should look at numbers. Well, I, bet,
2: I bet you money. I bet you money because little Jordan Humphrey did not get drafted. He got some picks before people were like, "No, oh, no, you know, he left." You he know how gone. many
3: people probably voted for Isaiah or uh, Antoine Wesley? He was the leading receiver <laughs> of the Big Twelve last year. He got he left early and didn't get drafted. Yeah, undrafted, which is just incredible. It's incredible to me.
2: He's he a went solid player. See,
3: ah.
2: And that's the difference I'll say from last year. I think we can all accept Tylen Wallace when his day comes. He's a first or second round pick. He's yeah, a really, he's really good, good player. And he's
3: got great speed.
2: You think about like little Jordan Humphrey that massacred OU in that especially in that So first did David meeting. Seals by did, the way who left early
3: and was undrafted.
2: Yeah. a lot of, lot of receivers that look pretty great in the Big Twelve suddenly kinda hit reality. Um
3: Which is why I'm so I want to love Hakeem Butler, but I don't know. You don't know. Because is he is his reputation built solely on OU and just the fact that he's torched them every year.
0: I will say though, with him it's like at least you have a big body that you're working that's with that's an athlete you know? that has like like he, ball you, skills. Yeah. I mean, he he made some plays last year that are like you got to be pretty damn talented just to pull it off. Some of the one-handed did catches it that he had against other stuff. teams, yeah. Besides just, he was OU. very consistent. But still,
2: the only really bad game he had was against Iowa. He was yeah, terrible. I know. Which I'm, happens every year. Really? Yeah. You know, Everyone that,
3: for Iowa State sucks when they play Iowa. Stop doing that! You're embarrassing the Big
2: Twelve. Should we go ahead and predict Brock Purdy's line? Like thirteen for oh, thirty-one God. for, you know, 112 yards.
3: Dude, Brock Purdy sucked at the end of last year. He was awful in the last five
0: games. When they barely beat Drake. Yeah, that That and, was a tough situation, though, playing on the same day as the Big Twelve Championship game, a game that you were supposed to play in.
3: But well, they, I, it was that, a replacement game because they canceled yeah, the first game because of the right. the, the hurricane. Right. Uh no, it was. I
0: think it just had. It, there was just weather. It wasn't. Had, it didn't have anything to do with the hurricane or anything. Hmm. It was just a uh, lightning Let's or say something. Say with Iowa, wouldn't it be like flooding? I think it was just flights were just delayed all over the country. No, it was, it was weather. They started the game and oh really? A, a storm blew through and hmm. it just it didn't let up. Wow. God,
1: that would suck.
3: Yeah. So, so yeah, so I
1: mean that I, happened twice last year. That
3: happened in Nebraska as well. Right. They canceled yep. that game. Mm-hmm. It was in that that part of the country with all the rain and storms. So yeah, and I and I don't care about you know newcomers on the offensive side. I mean, obviously you've got the five star trio. Um, I I mean I think offensively, I'm more interested in like how much much of a jump can Brayden Willis make. Yeah, in the offense. Well, they have so many options there. Uh, I mean, the offensive line, at, obviously, is the biggest. Sure,
0: but they have so many options at tight end as far as what do you do with Braden Willis? What do you do with, uh, you know, what is Austin Stogner's future? And then Grant Calcaterra. And oh, by the way, you have a guy in Lee Morris that might be one of the most oh. underrated players on the team right now, just as far as production-wise. I mean, he, he's done more than, you know, half the... Half He's probably he's done more than he could be second team
3: that, All Big Twelve tied in right behind be, Calcaterra. He could be the second
0: best returning pass catcher on this team. Is that fair? Behind yeah, behind uh, Lamb, behind CD. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, he you, you could argue he had a better year than Calcaterra. Calcaterra, although had, Calcaterra had a had really the, good
3: end to his year, yes, but he, he was hurt sure. all throughout. Yeah. And part well, of that was because Kyler Murray left about hanging out to Dry Goods yeah, Tech twice. This and they isn't fair to, to say. I'm, to I'm
1: wondering what Morris can do without Kyler. Just it seemed like their chemistry, just dating back to high school, carried. carried but you know what, Miles Tease did a good job so in this
3: yeah. in this uh, system too, though. And what are you going to get from back? Bass Bass back? Yep, I mean, he's back. Yeah. It'll be Poor interesting. Drake Stoops is going to have to fight for some
0: catches. Well, this he year. reminds me a lot of Wes Welker maybe a little bit of Danny Danny Amendola as well
1: (laughs) 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 but not Tim Dwight
0: definitely not doesn't quite (laughs) have the speed to be a Tim (laughs) Dwight Tim Dwight
3: was that when's the last when did Tim Dwight stop playing even in the NFL 1992 (laughs) would know he played for your culture. I would say
2: uh, last time I remember Tim Dwight he was with the Falcons did Um, he play with Bob Stoops at Iowa (laughs)
0: Definitely a little bit more uh, Dwight Clark than Dwight. Tim Dwight.
3: <laughs> Dallas Clark. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, I just defensively is kind of where I sit. And, and I think it's it's definitely a safety. It's definitely a corner. That's that's where guys have a chance to make an impact.
1: And that's why it'll be nice to talk to Alex Grinch next Friday. I think he'll probably be the only defensive coach that we get to talk to, to start out for. So. For those who don't know, meet meet the Sooners next Friday. So,
0: By the way, I was,
3: starts. I was thinking about this. Like, get all your decks in order.
0: Make sure you have a kid under five to get your autographs. How many sell them?
3: How many offensive linemen will they be able to sit at every table? Like, will they have to have like four tables just for the offensive linemen? Because that's one massive group of humans. That I mean, this has got to be the biggest like group of offensive linemen. Just that in terms yeah. In terms of poundage, right?
0: And size, probably, yeah. For sure, I mean six five, six six, basically across the front. They got some. it's I mean, the, sh- the shortest
3: guy, and yeah, he's like what six four. He could lift more six, than three any and a of them too. So I mean, that's gonna be that's uh, gonna take you a while to get through the offensive lineman line. Not that there'll be that many people. It'll be that's the one thing. Like Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts will have a big line, but I, people won't know. It won't be like Baker or Kyler. And then I think Lincoln Riley's line will probably be the longest. Lincoln will be... I think Lamb will have a long one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. CD. I, I would think
1: Kenneth that... Kenneth Murray's will be pretty long. There will be some guys that...
0: Hell, they're going to have... Everybody's going to have big lines. That thing's usually a zoo anyways. I do like that
2: they're having a What about Neville? I mean... Sure. Neville feels like a guy that would have a good line. He Just should. Kinda, he's I like a like novelty. Pe-
1: I think people don't recognize him. He's, that's like, like an
3: inside, you know, is. inside OU football to be clamoring for Neville's it, autograph.
2: Okay. Well, I just mean because he's Canadian, like he's kind of a unique story. Like I feel like he's a little more memorable than the what average. Kids think of Canadians
3: you know. like if they're like Santa or something.
2: <laughs> Seriously, he's from the Great White North. He might know <laughs> Santa. He has reindeers that he knows or something. That hey, I've I've convinced. I've convinced both my children that I have a direct line to Santa, so do not F with Daddy ever. What do you mean, convinced? <laughs> do you or do no, you not? that I can <laughs> speak you, with him. Do <laughs> don't listen to this pop Don't listen to this pop with the kids. Eddie, I know I told you the same, buddy. I know. And I really meant to get you that bike last Christmas. I always call it at night,
0: on the weekends, on Saturdays. <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay, uh, so... I just kind of wanted to hit on on some of the, you know, pre-fall stuff and kind of what we'll be looking at. Uh, let me ask you this, Bob with with the barbecue coming up, uh, where are we at the, on the eyeball report? Yeah, I still think we're
1: we're at one. At one. At one from May 23rd. Uh, again, people some people think there's two. I never thought Kendall Milton was one of the eyes, so I'm not in that boat. I think we're at one. I think we should see one or two more during the next week or so and then maybe even two or three going down the road again if you're looking for immediate gratification i don't know if this is the weekend for you but as long as they can get one or two you start figuring things out in terms of how how many spots are left to the real, realistic targets are i think you'll be feeling good heading into camp uh
3: okay so josh any other things from the barbecue that you wanted to hit on before we get out of here josh i i did have one <laughs> Alfred
1: see, Collins, yes or no?
2: I am told he has given Oklahoma the impression he will be there. Okay. So now every time I talk to him, it's very, yes, I want to be there. I don't know if I can go. So we'll, we'll see what kind of becomes reality. Um, but I I will say he has been more responsive to me and talkative over the last week than at any point in his recruitment. He has been very – Kind of letting me know what's going on and reaching out to me, and that, and that's, I, I've said it before. That's and Bob, you know it. That's a good nope. sign when they when they want to talk to the OU reporter. That's usually a good indication that I am interested in Oklahoma. It's not just you know he's probably not going to get back to the Michigan State guy or the you know USC guy or whatever. I mean he, he's kind of paying attention to the reporters that he's going to have to deal with, and that's like I said, that's usually a good sign. What I did want to say is something that I think is kind of interesting—a storyline that is kind of connected to the barbecue with uh, Roma Dunze, the uh, receiver from Bishop Gorman, coming in. What's happening at receiver is getting very intriguing to me. Um, yes, you've got Gary, you've got Gary Bryant, who I report—or you know, not I, <laughs> excuse me—the scoop reported about a week ago that. Uh, um, Oklahoma's in really good shape with him right now. I I get the impression that if he picked right now, I think he'd pick Oklahoma. Now, I I think Washington's still very much in it, USC being the hometown school that he's got a lot of connection to. That's a big deal. So I'm not saying it's a done deal or anything, but I think he likes Oklahoma a lot. When you throw in... Uh, Roma Dante, like I said, coming in, and I'm not sure I'm saying that last name right at all, so don't, don't quote anybody on that. And then you still have Marvin Mims uh, that Oklahoma is involved with. I don't know what's going to happen because I've always had the impression they had room for one more guy, and everybody I talked to acts like Trayvon West is still involved. I think he's going to be at the barbecue this weekend. I just haven't been able to confirm it. So there are just a lot of moving parts of that position, and – with a guy like like a Dunze or Bryant, you're talking about big time speed guys that could bring something to the table that I'm not sure Oklahoma currently has in this class. So just keep an eye on that. That's not it's not a position to worry about. I get that's why people aren't focusing on it. But I think receivers becoming a very interesting storyline.
3: Okay, so we're we're doing this pod on Wednesday. And by the way, uh, the, on the Crimson Corner and SoonerScoop.com, if you're a member, uh, we do keep a running list. If if anybody. Uh, comes is going to come in that we confirm then we'll update that list as we head towards the weekend but uh, are there any names out there josh of guys that you're you know you think might come in but we just haven't confirmed yet
1: what's funny is that at this one last year marcel brooks was the name whether or not he he was going to show up but i haven't heard of any like secret visitor that might or might not show up but there, there's always a chance you know especially when you get into Friday and Saturday people start finalizing their their trips and things of that nature to get a much better idea of who's legit and who might have some tire issues it's it's really kind of interesting oh God. <laughs> bring that
0: up it's it's really kind of interesting just as far as you talk about tire issues but it it's intriguing just as far as the two Basically, three camps going on this weekend as far as College Station, Austin, and Norman.
1: Yeah. I mean, this is the last weekend before. Everyone concentrates on their season. The high school season for the recruits, college for the coaches and players. And so, I mean, every, everyone goes all out to make this as special as can be because they've seen how well it works. And so, with competing events, College Station, Austin, and Norman. And I know... The Aggies and Sooners are doing it on different days. We'll see how many kids. Yeah, because I saw somebody was going to do both. There's, there's a lot of them. They're saying I'm going to go College Station on Friday, Norman on Saturday. We'll see how many still have the energy and still have the you know modes of travel. Those
3: poor parents.
1: Yeah, still have parents that want to do it, that want to go back to back like that. Especially if you're not like from Houston. If you're going from Houston, College Station to Norman, that might make sense. But if you're going from like. Dallas, Dallas to Houston. call station, back to Norman. We'll see how all that actually comes together.
3: Okay, Bob kind of uh, answered this uh, in his way, Josh, but I, I'd thrown it out there before we lost you. Uh, anybody you're really tracking that you think could be a possibility that we haven't confirmed yet?
2: Well, uh, there is no one really. I mean, at this point, there's going to be a surprise or two. There'll be somebody that, you know, didn't come up. But I've had a... Pretty good handle on the list for a little while. Now, like I said, there'll be someone that we didn't foresee. But we, we've checked with most of the names I've heard and gotten feedback. Um I think the last one that really is kind of up in the air is um, and aside from Alfred Collins, who actually, since we had the conversation earlier, Bob actually has gotten back to me and I'm going to bet he doesn't make it this weekend. Okay. I, I think he's having trouble telling Oklahoma he's not going to be able to make it. But from my general impression is he's probably not going to be there. Um but the other one is another, uh, you know, Texas kid, and that's Reuben Fathery the big offensive tackle from Richmond Foster. Uh, same school that Cody Jackson He's is from, go with Cody. Just, got to go Cody. they They got to go together. Yeah. That's – that's. I, I get the impression that his, um, his dad is the head basketball coach at Foster, and there's a lot of connection there. And I think if he goes up, he wants his family to come with him and – I don't know that that's going to be possible. I think they've got some other stuff going on this weekend. I know Ruben really wants to go, and I think that's why he's kind of holding on to hope that maybe something can come together. But I'm going to guess he doesn't make it either, but he is still a possibility at this point.
3: All right. Uh, Well, like we said, just keep track on Soonerscoop.com. We'll keep that list running. If any surprises pop up between now and then, uh, we'll have you covered. Uh, And uh, football getting ready to get going? Uh, April, or April, April. August 2nd will be Sooner Fan Appreciation Day. That's on a Friday. Uh, you have to have kids 14 and under to go to that. You can't just... You can't, and the, we, they don't have there to be your there, kids. There, there has to be a child kids. with you that's 14 <laughs> and well, under. And unfortunately, but you also probably have to pass
0: a, some kind of background check. They should do a background check.
3: Well, there was that one dude out there that had like his face painted that one year and was asking people Oh, if they I remember. their oh, kids. Oh, I remember. That got like, me in trouble. That got you in trouble? Yeah. Oh yeah, that started a big thing, didn't it? Um, well, supposedly. <laughs> no, but I, look, I think, I think that if you ask someone if you can borrow their kid, you should have to go to jail.
0: Like, don't do that. Well, you should. If you're going to ask for somebody's kid, you should specify what you're going to use them for.
3: <sighs> it's no, it's too far. What is? Just asking someone for their kid, especially if with your face painted. Well, at least.
0: If you do it, put it on video and send it to me, and I'll retweet it. How about that?
1: And the way that Lincoln does it is a little flip from Bob. Bob always did fan day first, then media second. We're doing media first, fan day second. It's
3: always, I mean, we're in such a like the the caravans are gone now. Like, I wonder how much longer this stuff you know continues. I think as long as it's for kids is the only reason it it is continuing. Because if this was a free for all adult, they would just cancel it all together. Like. It wouldn't even be possible. Uh, I mean, we're even talking about Big 12 media days. Are those even necessary anymore? Um, I say yes just because I want them. I want to have them. Um, but, I mean, everything's changing a little bit. I don't, you know, they're trying to do this, decide on what, how you want to paint the stadium or whatever for the first game. Everybody's trying to come up with something because it's waning attentions. What would you think of uh, Pat's Fitzgerald's old ass? Uh, I was going to ask
0: <laughs> you about that. that
1: one. You didn't see the, what you, he said I've this week? Been, you have no, not? Really? Okay. I've he, been, he
0: went on this big rant about how t- uh, basically cameras, I mean, uh, iPhones have ruined the world, which, Bob, I, I agreed with what he said. At the basis of it, I agreed with it. But he also leaves out the fact that they lost to Akron last year at home and they went 3 and 4 at home in Evanston. So how did how did iPhones play in? Basically it? it was like, oh, uh, me and my wife went out to eat over the you know, while he was in Chicago. Is that uh-huh. where they had the Chicago the Big 10 media I days? I think so. Yeah. I think that was where it was. I haven't I haven't had to do radio this week, so I haven't paid attention to sports he, at all. He basically sat down and said, "I went out to eat with my wife and we're sitting there and there's two couples next to us and the two couples just basically looked at their phones the entire time and I just wanted to He basically paraphrasing said, "I wanted to Go up to them and say, you know, take all their phones and go full parent mode on them and say, talk to each other. And then he related to that uh, uh, lowering college ten- attendance of figures at home games. So I agree with what he's saying, but he also leaves out that they play UMass this year at home. Like people just aren't going. I think that there's a clear division between, and we've talked about it here before and we've talked about it. Uh, I think you've mentioned that you've talked to it uh, Joe C. about it, just as far as college football programs are extremely worried about attendance and mm-hmm. how they battle getting people out of the homes to watch uh, a single game when you could sit at home and get a keg or have people over and let your kids play with each other in the backyard, and you sit there and you can watch four or five games at one yeah. time, which I completely get.
3: But I mean, that's the thing about sucks about our job. I mean, not that our job sucks, but... Uh, like the first weekend's gonna be glorious. Like, gonna be so weird. They, they they like, they're like, hey, they came. (laughs) My radio station came to me and they're like, hey, we we want to see if you want to do a remote on Saturday. (laughs) Since I was like, no, I want to sit. (laughs) Oh, why would I? Why would I do that? Like, it's a perfect setup. Turn down two hundred fifty bucks if I can just sit home and watch
0: football all day. Friday night you got Oklahoma State. Saturday full slate of Saturday, and then Sunday will work. Which Monday's gonna suck, but. I get do, over it.
1: I just wonder. I wonder if they change the that week schedule because the game is Sunday.
3: If they still do it, that would be interesting. I mean, I I could see like Bob keeping it the same, like just because that's. But I don't think is Bob gonna make that decision. No, I'm saying, I don't know what Lincoln. Oh, you would have thought. I, I see what it. you're saying. <laughs> so I thought you just had an olds moment. You I don't thought know, I Bob bet, was the coach. No, I bet they probably go. They treat Monday like Sunday. It
0: does help that it's uh, South Dakota the next week.
3: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not working a little bit on South Dakota that week. Uh, I would think that they're going to be working a lot on. I mean, not on UCLA. South Dakota, on UCLA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I would,
0: I would imagine so. Uh, I, I think I can tease this. We'll probably have some exciting stuff coming from Los Angeles. That's a, that's a tease. Hmm. Video stuff.
1: Some videos.
3: We're gonna get out there early, so.
0: I know it's good news. It's good stuff.
1: You're going to have to take me since I wasn't able to go last time.
0: We'll have to go to uh, El Cholo. Oh, yeah. We're, we'll go to El Cholo. That might be a Thursday
3: night thing. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, Josh, you won't be there. Um,
2: you can come if you want.
3: I know that you- Oh, no,
2: I've given it real consideration. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about coming. So, I, ooh.
3: Would you bring the girls and take them to, like, Disneyland or whatever it is? Hell No. <laughs> No,
2: no, no! You'd come out there just to get drunk. What are you drunk. talking about? Uh, yeah. Go yeah. see rodeo. Well, why drive. do I do anything? <laughs> I will.
0: I will wow. say though that um, what? I think Josh is disgusted with this. <laughs> what? I will say that uh, I saw somebody. You tagged, I think one, I think all three of us on the board. Just as far as somebody was asking about the uh, level of excitement. Traveling to games this year, mm-hmm. or just, I guess, going into the season. And we can kind of close it out. I guess, are we closing it out? But sure. i just say that very excited, as usual. The new season always brings kind of a I don't know. I'm definitely excited already. Still got 30 days or 40 days, whatever it is, 39 days. But yeah, it, it I don't know. It's always going to, it's always different. It feels like this is the first. And I think I even said this a little bit last year, but this feels like the first year of the in a way like the 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 old regime is the reboot. Yeah, kind of a little bit. Like you still had connections back to the Bob Stoops era over the last couple years, and this is the first year that it's like everything's cut out. And maybe it's because of my, there's there's no Mike Stoops. Maybe that's what it is, but maybe it just it does feel like a I won't say a rebirth by any means, but God damn it, John Lester's not starting today. He's <laughs> sick. This, things are not going well <laughs> right now.
1: God, what's going on with Addison Russell? Oh
3: He's a way. scumbag. He's
1: a scumbag. Yeah,
3: should be on the team. I don't know any of this. So I've just heard a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people bitching about Addison Russell lately.
0: He beats his wife. He beats.
3: The yeah, oh, is that he, what's going on?
1: He, they brought him back, mm-hmm. and the season's gone off the rails since
0: the Cubs have like. Five players right now that shouldn't be wearing major league uniforms, but that's I digress. N- another discussion. They need to make some moves here over the next seven days. No,
3: I mean, but you know how it is with us. I mean, we don't get excited really for the the season opener. It's like a lot of people just looked for that because they're going to see all their friends. They're going to tailgate. Like we get excited about covering fall camp because that's like the fun part of it. Is Especially
1: getting, before school because it's in the morning.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, like you get to go out there. That's real football. That's covering football. You do it on a pretty regular basis like the season you just have press conferences and then post-practice and then like nobody wants to talk about anything because they don't want to give anything away but like during fall camp you get so much more information and you can kind of tell you know who's playing well and what you know who's impressing and you get like all these freshmen will get you know updates on okay this guy's standing out this guy's doing better uh, you know, uh, uh, like a guy we talked about, Delarian Turner Yell, you get to find out if he's really I, making any progress. It's going to be
0: interesting just as far as a couple things on media day, I think up front, just as far as, you know, the kicking situation probably haven't shed enough light on that over the summer, just as far as, you know, cyber. I think people are going to look back and, and really wish that they had cyber around as far as That's twice. Perfect, perfect. I know. Pronunciation. I know he's a professional football now player. Now that he's now, gone. I respect him. I respect him. <laughs> might be able to get me some tickets someday. Kickoffs. Uh, yeah, kickoffs. Kickoffs, I mean, you just had, well, you penciled was, in a touchback. Penciled in a touchback as well as, he was really, really good. I yeah. mean, obviously, that that thread on the message board as far as who was the last kicker to make a, a fourth quarter field goal for Oklahoma is kind of incredible. Uh, it probably shows you just how good they've been over the last decade. By the
3: way, and then, like, Sooner Sports TV replaying on the Fox Sports Southwest old games with, like, Jimmy Stevens at kicker. I mean, oh it's just, like, you're reminded, like, how good they had it with Seibert.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I mean, and, I mean, I, it's going to take me literally decades to get the new kid's name. Brick, Brickett's? Brickett's? Brickett's. Brickett's. I Gabe, can say that. Berkage. I can Berkage. say that. Now I can't say it. Brickett's. I can say that. That's a fair. Uh, and King then, Berkage. you know, I'm, I am kind of interested to in see what they say about uh, Caleb Kelly as far as where he is physically, but the offensive line thing is going to be interesting, just because you know for the next uh, take away ten days, thirty days after that, there's somebody's going to put out a depth chart every day and say, "Well, we need to." We start were a- at practice and this is what we saw, and it's like, I don't give a damn what you say it is yeah. until I see it on
3: September first. It doesn't really matter. Well, and we need to start a pool like what day is Bill Beatenbow's worst day. Because like, at some oh, point, he's like just going to get fed day. up It'll be them. the
0: first or second day, and he's like, that's not very good. He's just going to be like, I, "Yeah, I, I told him they're just not very good.
2: <laughs> so, guys, you you know that there are people on the board that are holding me accountable, and if I do come to Pasadena, it may be the perfect time to do it. Uh, there are. I made a comment forever ago that if Eric Swinson started oh, game yeah. one, right. I would shave my head. And there are people that are like, so you're going to put a video out of that? So that may be the perfect time. If I come out to the UCLA game, we may have to shave my head Oh, there. and like do it inside the Rose Bowl? Inside the stadium? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even gone. Well, I don't know how we'd get that in. I think that might be uh, a problem. Well, no, you guys could probably get in with your bags, but I don't know how I'd get to you. But uh, Well, you're going to get a anyway. press credential. Oh, I don't need a press credential. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, eh. I don't know if we can get four. And I don't know that you want it's Josh in that sort of condition game. representing.
0: <laughs> they're going to they're be like, oh, just come on down.
2: He reeks of whiskey. I don't know that we should let him in. It'd be better than reeking
0: a weed, you'd and be, probably half the people there are going to be you'd doing be, that.
3: You'd be, uh, actually, you'd be more uh, credential worthy than a lot of people that do get credentials. That's probably true, Even too. drunk.
2: Uh, well, I, you know, I, thanks, I think. But... um. <laughs> <laughs> but no so we, we we're, we're gonna have ha- any hacks are out there that's what we're saying if if swenson takes that job then the i i will own up to my bet so i mean i i would pencil him in if vegas had a line I, i'd I say he's too. three to one to start I, I would too now i i really wish i'd have been like texas game i mean it didn't, i kind of
3: yeah it didn't help you when they moved
0: they, uh, you got to remember that Jonathan Alvarez started at center last year. That's
2: mm-hmm. that's exactly that's what I'm saying. i so think I i Saint John
1: played significant minutes before.
2: I didn't. For, I, I kind of forget that the Beanbo seems to like to give the upperclassmen the edge. Like yeah. if everything's else is equal, I'm going to go with the older guy, even if I think the other guy might be better. Like it really it seems it, like that's because almost always it changes.
3: You pretty much got screwed when he moved Bray Walker to guard the first day of spring camp.
2: Yeah, that wasn't the news I needed. That didn't help. <laughs> I really, I, I do like I, that Bray people, was kind of who I was betting on.
3: I'm not surprised, but I do like that people are holding you to
2: this. I do too. No, it's it's all good. I've got, I, you know. And as a man that it, shaves, not the first his, time my mouth has a gotten man me in that, trouble.
3: A man that shaves his head every year, it's not that bad. Plus, you don't have really nah. thick hair; it'll grow back fast. <laughs> it'll be fine. What's yeah, your my definition hair grows like weeds. of
2: shave? No, no, we're not doing balls. Okay. Yeah, Clippers, Clippers on zero. Well, we're just talking about it like a burr. Is that yeah. what that's called? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yep. Per, per, I'm playing Little League Baseball is basically what it's going down yeah. to. At least so. you're giving
0: us real answers these days. I still can't get the answer from you guys of what you did to James Hill from the board. <laughs> Fire him? What happened?
2: I'm looking for him. You know, Eddie, I haven't noticed uh, Matt Brown coaching Oklahoma in a while. Have you seen that or is that... Is that not a thing? Uh, I'll get back to you. Let me finish my Burger King.
3: Okay. Uh, I told you what happened. Robert Allen, <laughs> our our owner, fired him.
0: Yeah, that's probably true, too. Uh, uh, happy so that, to by the way, that is not Robert for Allen.
3: you pod listeners. That is not true. We're not owned by Robert Allen. Yeah, there's, there's going to be people <laughs> like, I, I didn't know that. Um, Unsubscribe.
0: Happy birthday to Joe Mixon, too. Special. Uh, it's five five a Five-year. Oh, it's a five-year?
1: Right. God. 2014 that makes, right see,
0: that makes me feel wow. old now that just years. makes me feel old i might drive by the uh no, never mind. traumatized
3: <laughs> might drive now. by pickleman's i'm so traumatized now that, that was just something i want to forget those I were the dark ages wish i'd never lived through that those were the dark ages for sure i think bob stoops would still be the coach if that never happened i really do do you really yeah you really think so
1: after reading the book you feel that way or just in general i just
3: think it took a lot it it, it led him down the retirement road it helped him make that decision like sure I'm not saying he's saying that yeah. in the book I'm just saying that was that was such a dark period I mean that was so draining well travel,
0: even just covering it it you was travel draining. south of uh, the Red River they probably tell you that's that's why oh uh, you asked him to step aside
3: well uh, Mac Engle would say that Mac Engle's a loser <laughs> oh that dude He's a treasure. John Lester back in the lineup.
0: The Cubs have tri- uh, sent Addison Russell to AAA.
3: Yes. See you
0: later, so it's scumbag. was more a mojo thing than it And was they activated Wilson Contreras.
3: Things are going well. Woo-hoo! <laughs> On that note, we will get out of here. It's time for the barbecue coming up this weekend. So stay tuned uh, for all the great stuff coming out of the barbecue as well. Uh, Make sure you subscribe. There's not a better time to go and sign up for Soonerscoop.com, especially with fall camp just around the corner. It's going to be a great season to cover. Uh, We're really looking forward to it, looking forward to more pods throughout uh, as well. So thank you for listening. Thanks to the entire crew for being back at it. We'll see you guys next week right back here on the Unofficial 40 Podcast from Soonerscoop.com.